welcome back to the Level 30 Games Podcast. My name is Tom, and we're doing an audio-only episode because, well, we just we haven't done this in a really long time. I don't even know when the last episode was, but I'm, I'm here today with two of the fellow Level 30ers, Joe and Kevin. How are you guys? I'm, I'm okay. This is, this is Joe. It's weird not to have a camera. <laughs> uh, I'm fine. Nobody can see us because uh, it's three standard-looking ugly dudes in a room. Excuse me. I'm great. Yeah, Sorry, two standard-looking ugly dudes <laughs> and a non-standard-looking ugly dude. <laughs> which one is which? You will never know. Because you can't see us. <laughs> no, I'll say it. I'm the good-looking one. That's All right, calm down. I'm just... Um, Kevin, how are you? I'm great. There are a lot of games I want to talk about that I'm very excited about, and I want to go play Splatfest, so hurry up. <laughs> yeah, no, let's let's talk about those games, because Joe decided to insult everybody right off the bat. Seriously. Just a quick little update if you've been listening to us in the past and you're checking out this episode well we really appreciate that um and we love you and we love you for that thank you uh no there was an extremely long hiatus uh not just with the podcasting but the entirety of the whole level 30 games channel and uh just to give you a little update on that not to get too much into the weeds here but um essentially uh you know as as an educator as kevin could probably attest to as well um there are a pretty substantial amount of just general burnout apathy and wanting to do anything that i would consider extracurricular and uh it's a process i'm you know working on across the board but uh at the end of the day i realized there was some things that i missed doing and podcasting was really one of them um and so i approached joe about getting the band back together so to speak to which joe was in favor of and kevin a little bit less enthusiastic. Would that be accurate, Kevin? Um, yes, because I have a lot of burnout from doing a million things. I said yes. <laughs> I said yes. No, so I, know. I, I know. I didn't know if you were going to elaborate on that. No, it's been um, and so what we're hoping to do is to uh, to pick up um, more traditional episodes on a monthly basis, hitting the highs and lows of the video game industry. Um, Joe and I are hoping to be our staples, and then we'll we'll rotate. Maybe have some special guests on our our third chair here. Um, just to make it a little bit easier on everyone's schedule now that the studio space has changed and we're we're kind of shifting gears and trying to make this more about doing it because we enjoy it and less because we have to. So if you're joining us for the first time, welcome. We talk about video games and stuff. And stuff. I do like the and stuff and portion. It's clearly one of the better portions of the podcast. But uh, this this podcast... Level 30 tangents. <laughs> level 30 tangents. That's right. If you want all the pre-record that I end up cutting out of the podcast episodes, well, there's a Patreon tier for that. No, I'm just kidding. But there you should be. That. If anyone wanted to throw us money, money, that would be fantastic. I don't think they throw us money for that stuff. Oh, no, it's totally not worth it. <laughs> it would be the, the first time a non-famous person would be, like, canceled. We'd be so screwed. <laughs> the relaunch of this episode could not have come at a more fortuitous time as we had a pretty healthy dose of updateage from the wonderful world of Nintendo. That's updateage is a word, is Kevin. Is a word? It's not, I've never but heard I that. made it one. It's actually oh, okay. updateage. I was going to say, wait a second. Updateage. Yes. Oh, it's French. This yes. is the extra yes. stuff. Yeah, yeah, okay. This is the extra stuff we're talking about. Patreon tier. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, this is gold. This material is gold. Um, yeah, there was a Nintendo Direct on the 8th. Am I remembering the date right, Kevin? It yes. was earlier in this week. It was the 8th. Earlier, a few days ago from, from when we were recording. It was last night for me. It was last night for <laughs> Joe, who had to study. So I got all his text messages about his live reactions throughout the evening. There, Actually, it was just the, the one. Yeah, it was just the one. But I uh, 
Next time, I'll, I'll send you more if you want. Oh, that'd be perfect. I had to <laughs> mute uh, Mike because he was ruining it for me as I was watching it after the fact. So <laughs> let's uh, let's uh, let's dig into this as there was a ton of information, a ton of release dates, a ton of shadow drops and DLCs, and oh man, you you it ran the gamut really as far as what. Uh, what they had kind of in their cards, so to speak. And I think that's a general theme for me, but I'll talk about that later. Kevin, I, I wanted to uh, to bring you into the fray here because mm. I think uh, you and I had some healthy discussions yesterday and I actually had to tell Joe to stop asking questions because I wanted to save it for the podcast. But um, I think it's... it's uh, is, there, is there a clear like game of the direct for you i think it's pretty obvious so i'm just gonna let you let you say it is it obvious it's because i like laser focused on your original copy of metroid prime in this room right now uh, my game of the direct was that shadow drop of metroid prime remastered i love that game i this has been so rumored so long like all the youtubers and oh like it's getting made. It's not. Trilogy's being remastered. It's not. It's in the pipeline. It's being. They're holding it. Blah blah blah. Yeah, it's so, done. It's just. It's, it's on a shelf just, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So when they showed, it, as soon as I saw a little like image and it showed, I freaked out. I like yelled. Um, I usually don't do that during directs, and I started like tearing up because that. I was so excited. Like I texted you right away. I think I was like emotional tears. I'm not telling you why because I knew you weren't, you weren't watching the direct. Yet. I did see that. And I was. I thought yeah. it was Zelda related, but no. Um, it was Metroid related. Yeah, it was. It was so cool. Um, and I am, we talked about this, like, I want to download it now. You can, it's out I, right now. I know, and that, that blew my mind. They shadow dropped it digitally, and then physical release in two weeks, I was like, what? Now, did so, you expect the shadow drop? Because um, when they, when they I had it in the video, did. and they showed the banner at the bottom, and yes. I'm like, it's blank, they're going to say it's, it's out today. Yeah, when they hesitated, I was like, mm, I was like, this is coming now, or like, very, very soon. What makes the game so special for you? Um... It's amazing. I'm a huge Metroid fan. You guys know that already. Um, it was huge. Like that, we had we did not have a Metroid game on N64. True. Um, that was a massive game, and they nailed it. Retro Studios nailed that format, and everybody who knows that game will tell you that. Um, the first person Metroid, and the music of that game. I'm so glad they left it all. Um, but the game's awesome. The game's awesome. I want the remaster. It looks amazing, like visually. Oh, no, it looks, looks I've seen a lot of side-by-side -side comparison videos, yeah. and I don't want to say night and day, but it's it's really impressive it's really looking, good. and runs at 60 frames a second, which mm -hmm. means it's smooth as butter. A couple different control options, though, yeah. right? Yeah, there's four. Are you excited about the, the uh, double thumbsticks? Yes. I, I want to try that. That's what most people are saying works really well. And I would even try the gyro controls just to see if it's yeah. in the same league as Splatoon, because I think if it is, then it might be worth giving a go. Um, but it also, I'm like, well, wait a minute. Technically, the GameCube controller had two sticks. I'm hesitant to call the C stick a joystick, but it could have doubled as one, no? It should have. What was the original control scheme then, Kevin? Um, the It was like tank controls, people call it. The left stick was for your movement. You had to lock on, I think, was L. The I think, the, what, I don't remember if there was free aim or not. I don't, I don't think, think there was. I haven't played the game in a really long time, but I'm pretty sure it was like you lock on and then like select your target yeah, you by like sliding through them with the, the C-stick. The D-pad was your visor selection. The C-stick was your beam selection. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I was trying to think like, well, I don't remember how it controlled other than maybe it had the, like, I remember, I don't know. Only I slightly better than GoldenEye. <laughs> GoldenEye is a hard one to go back and play, yeah. let me tell you. Unless you button map that crap on... Uh, Right, or have an N64 controller that yeah. pairs with the Switch. I, it, playing with an N64 controller is still impossible. 
It's not impossible. It's because just you, obviously an antiquated to, control method. Yeah, trying to yeah. aim with buttons is, is... I don't know. I tried to play it, like, twice before, and both times I don't know how. I, I just gave up. You had to use the C buttons to, like, strafe. Joe, did Metroid hit you the same way? Uh, not the same way. Um, I have fond memories of, of that Metroid game, too, because it was... Was it my first Metroid game? Mm. My first Metroid mm. game. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was, like... One of those games that, like, my parents just bought me out of nowhere. And they were like, here, you like video games? You'd probably like this one. And then I just ended up enjoying the game. I never finished it, but I enjoyed it. I never finished it, yeah. it either. Kevin's making a shocked face. Here. It's, shocked. it's a long game, and, and I was not, I don't know, I'm bad at video games now. I was even worse as a kid. So, but it was a, I don't know, it was a good game. It was very interesting. It was one of my first uh, first-person shooters. Um so yeah, it didn't hit me the same way because nothing will hit me that way like uh, it did for Kevin. Mm. But I was excited to see it, and I know a lot of other people who really enjoy the game too. So it's cool to know that like they're uh, I don't know they're gonna get to experience that again. It was also one of the first uh, like multiplayer shooters I've played. The original one was not multiplayer. The first one did. Yeah, I think the second Mine one too did. had a multiplayer. Echoes had multiplayer. Oh, that's what I'm thinking of. Thinking it was of Echoes. Hot garbage. I was not a fan that's of it take. personally. Oh, um, uh, really? <laughs> yeah. Well, I screwed up. That's okay. That's no, right. I'm interested to get into this <laughs> too, and more so since Kevin had said the other day, just kind of casually, he probably doesn't even know he said, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm looking forward to playing it because I know it's a game I can beat in a weekend. And I was like, wait a minute, hold on. I remember having this game as a kid and like being confused as hell almost every second of the, <laughs> of the way, but I mm-hmm. was also coming to that game fresh. I never played Super Metroid. Mm-hmm. I have since, and I've beaten Super Metroid, but I don't think I could have done it without a guide Dread I did on my own, but I'm excited to try Prime now, having a little bit more Metroid under my belt with an understanding of how the game is meant to operate. Um, when I say I could beat that in the weekend, it's because I've played that game many times. So you got to memorize. I, I okay. have a lot of parts memorized. Gotcha. And I would probably play for hours at a time. So let's just run out a few of the technical things, in, or not uh, technical components outside of the game itself. Are you, uh, as a Metroid fan, like I was shocked when they when they announced this. Like I was surprised more for wow, it actually really does exist, and it's yeah. uh, it's it, it exists. Are you a little disappointed that it doesn't include the other two games, or does the fact that this is a remake, uh, a remaster? Sorry, is the fact that this is a remaster kind of. Uh, Make, take that some of that pain away of not having the other two. Um, I would have loved if it was trilogy remastered, but I am super happy with this, and I'm I'm hopeful that the other two have remasters coming very soon in the pipeline, leading up to Metroid Prime Four, because there's tons of people that have never played these games. Sure, the price tag thirty nine ninety nine mm-hmm. American dollars, higher too high or too low? Uh, I feel like it's fine. Yeah, I kind of agree. Palpable, you know, yeah. like a port for 10, 20 bucks would have been, uh, I probably wouldn't have bit, but I think the yeah. remaster portion the of it. The original version holds up well, but this remaster, like you you and I both looked at videos, like it is mind blowing what they did. Yeah, really Visually. impressive. Yeah. Really impressive. Done by Retro Studios. So that actually comes out, it's on the eShop now, uh, mm-hmm. comes out physically on the 22nd of February. So it's not too far out, a couple days. There's a lot of games that week coming out. Yeah, it's going to be a busy week. Mm-hmm. Now, Joe, uh, what uh, your game of show, if there's anything that really jumped out at you? I mean, I'm, I'm actually looking at the list now, and I don't know if... Uh, it, there were a lot of cool things announced. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I'd say anything was, like, my my specific, like, this is the one thing that I wanted and that I waited for, other than, you know, the, the obvious. They, 
they ran through just like a bunch of games without really uh, talking about them much. As they do, right? Yeah. Within and, and the sizzle reel, so to speak. Yeah, there was and there was a lot announced. Um, and sometimes the games in the directs, like it feels like there's a few throwaways that they're just like, yeah, this isn't something that uh, we care too much about, but we need to fill, you know, 20 seconds of our, our direct. So here it is. Uh, but they uh, they showed a game called, what is it, Blanc? Yes, which oh, they've shown a bunch they, before. Yes. Have they? Yeah. Yes. How did I miss Beautiful. that? It really does. And so my girlfriend and I have been looking for another game to play because we played uh, Pode, which is an indie game. It's a, it's a, a, it's a puzzler. Um, it's like technically one player, but you play as two characters, so they let you uh, switch into two. It's a relatively easy game, um, so it was easy for her to jump in. It's real cute, and because it's made for one player two people don't have to play at the same time. Like, you, you, if one person is done doing their little section, the other person can. So we've been looking for something to kind of fill the void ever since we finished Pode. And this looks like it might be in that that kind of realm because it's a very pretty game. It looks like it's probably going to be two players, I would I assume. I believe it is. Yeah. So looks like it. It looks of, like yeah. a, a similar kind of thing, like a very uh, stylish, artistic, uh, like, heart-wrenching uh, two-player puzzler. So... I'm excited for that. I think it'll be cool to play. I think it comes out this month if it's not out already. I don't know. It's been teased for so long. I don't know if I saw a release date. I think it said like February 2023. Oh. So I, or maybe it was like uh, February. It is February 2023. All okay. Right. Well, so, that's good. Yeah, There's so a lot of snow featured in it heavily, so it makes sense to be a winter game. Yeah, for sure. So I, I was I was pretty excited for that one. I also was excited to see uh, Advance Wars because yeah. Yeah. I am terrible at that game. But, oh, God, do I love it. Really? Yes. So is it the tactics genre that just you're doesn't, doesn't, you can't, is it a grasping issue? Is it a, like, what, what, what is it about that game in particular that you can't, you I, can't figure out? It's, it, it's definitely, it's the whole genre because Final Fantasy Tactics is also one of my favorite games and I'm also miserable at that. Uh, I think it's because you have to grind in those games, but it's not really, not not a ton, or at least in, like, tactics you did, but it's not really, like, implied that you have to because they're, they look linear because you just go from, like, one point on the map to the other, so you think you'd level up appropriately. Uh, but it, then it turns out that at some point, everybody just starts beating the hell out of you because you're a few levels behind them. Hmm. Uh, so, but I, I love Advanced Wars because it's it's got a great art style. Uh, it's... You know, kind of, it's kind of silly. Like, it, it obviously it's cartoonish, so it doesn't take itself very seriously. Um, but it's, it's a pretty game, and it's a fun game. The story's fun. It, it, it I don't know. I like it. it. It might also be a little bit of a nostalgia trip for me. Could um, be. I but, don't think I ever played the original Advance Wars. I remember playing uh, the Dual Strike one on the DS. Yes. Um, which I really liked. I think that was the one where it was really like in the future and kind of like apocalyptic-y darker tones i think i could be a wrong a little bit yeah okay did either it's, of you play battalion wars I think yes on the gamecube yeah i feel like that was like a weird offshoot it was and i loved that but very different style of game joe i would strongly recommend maybe giving something like fire emblem a chance uh especially the newest one which is a little bit more traditional than say three houses was which i know you enjoyed um right no not really and three houses was all right um it it I, I enjoy the battle aspect of it. I'm also bad at that because, like I said, I enjoy the genre. I'm just bad at it. Uh, but when you're between battles, the, like, adventure kind of part of it is uh, confusing. 
Okay. Never quite sure where to go. So I end up getting stuck and like, you know, you don't usually have that part of, uh, of those kinds of games of, uh, of turn-based strategy games. You don't really have like the adventuring part. You just go from one battle to the next. Uh, so this, this kind of like threw me for a loop a little bit. All right. Well, when I'm done with uh, fire emblem engage, I'm going to lend it to you because it does have a lot of pair scaled down intermediate stuff in between, like the whole going around the school and the three houses and talking to people and then doing things with them. You kind of, you don't have as much to do, Mm-hmm. And honestly, as I've been moving through the game, I've been skipping so much of it. Like, I don't okay. really talk to my characters too much anymore. I had a weird kind of 180 on that game a little bit. The tactics is fantastic. Level design's great. Some of that stuff that it... Yeah, it gets rid of a lot of that. All right, what do I do in between? I can talk to people and go make rings, or I can just move on to the next stage. And yeah. that's where it excels, I think, that it speeds some of that stuff up. Okay. So, your, your game, Tom. My game. Your game. You, well, you know... It was probably Kirby. It was not Kirby. Kirby looks good, though. I am excited for anything Kirby. That's I, I won't talk about my game now. We'll let Joe talk about Kirby. No, I'm not going <laughs> to... I, I, Kirby, for me, is like uh, like Metal Gear Solid Five. I could just wax on forever about it. So we're not <laughs> going to... I love Kirby. I have a little stuffed Kirby. You Unlike Metal Gear Solid Five, Kirby ends. Kirby's Dreamland on Wii? Return to Dreamland because this is a remaster of that game. Yeah, what's funny is I actually uh, went through it recently. Yeah, like, like less than a year ago, okay. um, I ran through the game and then they announced this and it was like that's that's hysterical. They're adding <laughs> like, a whole bunch of stuff to it too. Yeah, though. yeah, it looks cool. It's I'm excited. Cool. I'm excited for it. I, I'm I'm kind of like that with Kirby where I'll just like I, I would double dip if I had to. Also, like I I don't care. I'll buy the game three nice. times. It's whatever. All right, well, if you buy it three times, let me borrow one of those copies because <laughs> I will have a hard pass on Kirby for sure. Wow. Tom doesn't like fun, confirmed. No, that's not true. I love, I I, I love, I love fun. I just think Kirby games can be really good and interesting or really not. I feel like there's, I haven't played a Kirby game that's kind of in that middle of like, oh, this is okay. I just feel like it's either really easy and not challenging and monotonous which would be like a Kirby Star Allies or um, whatever the Epic Yarn was. But then you get like Kirby Robobot and uh, what's the Rainbow Curse, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Um, some of them are really good. They can do interesting things with a giant little pink puffball. But they can also do really mundane things that feel more like a chore than anything. I, I guess. I, I, I don't find any of the Kirby games boring per se I, I get where you're going but i don't find it boring joe likes killing the same I, I angry tree over and over again i do i really do um I, kirby is definitely easier than most other games it's you know i think nintendo kind of like uh aims that towards a younger audience obviously but like like planet robobot i loved but i also beat the entire game without dying the first oh time. yeah mm-hmm. yeah you know? yeah so anyway tom your your game all right, so I'm going I'm to dig right into it. I didn't actually really have a game of show. But you know what? No, I, I'll avoid the big one. I will, I will <laughs> backtrack on that comment because I have some deeper thoughts on that. Um, <laughs> Tom, deep thoughts. So I wanted to shout out a little game that was, a, was one of the few, I guess, new IPs that were listed in there, uh, and that would be Deca Police. Okay. I probably glazed over during that. I'm sure you glazed over it. my interest. Um, 
Oh, yeah. wait, was that the, like, anime-looking one? It was the anime-looking one. Uh, it's made by the company Level 5, mm. um, and they actually had a few other games in the direct, which was really cool because... We're 25 past that. Um, 20 what? We're level 30. <laughs> Boo! <laughs> oh, God. All right. Anyway. Well, there's the clip for the cold open. Yep. Um, <laughs> and so... And so um, it caught my eye, not from the aesthetics, actually. I think the opening cutscene they showed part of looked kind of bad. And I'll, I've got so many things I'm building towards for my overall comments. Um, but it, it looked interesting and unique because it seemed to be this kind of this hybrid of uh, like open area. You're kind of this character in a city who goes and tries to do some detective work among crime scenes. Um, but there seemed to be some sort of turn-based battle element as well. Um, the art style looked really cool. In my opinion, uh, I mean, it does look like an anime ass game, but um, like not in a bad way. I thought it was one of the few like, oh, this looks new, mm. and I haven't heard of this before. And I even had to look up, I'm like, is this an established franchise in Japan that I've never heard of that's just coming west? Because it did seem that um, I actually I don't remember if there was Japanese voices or there was a, a dub for it. Um, but it looked unique and it looked interesting and it looked colorful and fun. And I'm hoping that it's well written. And it looks like a game that could kind of be a surprise. So that was one that jumped out to me, but I don't really have much more to say to that because I don't know anything about this this franchise, this series. I mean, I think that's good that... Uh, it's it, absolutely good. Yeah, like it, it's good that it grabbed your eye without uh, knowing too much about it because it means that it's probably something to look forward to. I don't know. I thought it was just cool to see level five back in there. They had the Professor Layton tease. That was cool. Well, let's... I have a list. Let's, let's talk about the big one because I think we've <laughs> all avoided it. I think we avoided the obvious. By the big one, you mean Splatoon, right? I don't mean Splatoon. <laughs> oh, damn it. But I, I thought we all agreed that we were all most excited for Pikmin 4. Uh, mm, no, I no. think we were excited for the... Um, Is this not a Pikmin-based Fashion-savvy game. Oh, Kevin's got thoughts on whatever the hell I, that is. Uh, the people that like those fashion games, cool, but I feel like they spent a little too long on that part. They did. On that. And you didn't like the really low-poly character designs walking left and right? just did not speak to me at all. And thumbs I was up bored. other I was people? Like, Come on. <laughs> I don't know if you're the target audience for I'm that. I'm not. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> no, definitely not the target audience. And it was interesting how early in the direct it was, where I was still like, oh, yeah, no, okay, cool. Like, this should have been a sizzle reel drop. And no, they really... So I don't... Apparently, and the social media reaction to that was actually surprising. Yeah, a lot of positive. Yeah, there were a lot of journalists that, people like that, that kind of uh, had referenced um, Style Savvy, which I guess was a series on the DS, uh, and this oh, is made yeah, yeah, by yeah, yeah. the same company, um, and so I guess it's just their console version of it. But again, I'm not the target demographic for this, so I will happily not put this in right. my collection. Yeah, I'm fine ignoring that one. Yeah, I think it's a safe ignore. Yeah, yeah, all right. No, the real game that I think is worthy of praise and talking about it's not Splatoon 3, Kevin. I'm so sorry. But we're going to talk about that later. That anyway. game already exists. Yeah, um, let's Game Boy games on the Switch. Yep. Yes. Oh, sh shoot. Yeah. Which shoot. I would <laughs> like to say. No, let, yeah, go for it. It's not fair that Nintendo said, oh, you guys want Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons on the Switch? Here's the original game on the Switch. No, I wanted the Link's Awakening style yeah. remake of those don't well, screw with me, Nintendo. It could happen. Yeah, there's Down nothing to road. say that it can't happen. I mean, they have the Link's Awakening remake, and <laughs> the first game they showed in the, true, the Game Boy thing was the original Game Boy version. Right, yeah. it was the DX version. So I, I feel like that could still happen. 
Yeah, I think it can happen. They're still playing with my emotions, and and that's that's, that's how just they not keep fair. us going. That's how they keep us going. They play with all our emotions. Anyway, while, while we're on the topic of Zelda, Tom, what did you want to talk about? I wanted to talk <laughs> about that Legend of Zelda trailer. Oh, you mean the one that uh, Mike didn't think was interesting looking? Oh, well, Mike's not here, so... So... Dead to us. Well, yeah, that's because he's wrong. <laughs> All right, I'm going to get this out of the way. Oh, no. Oh, boy. Yeah. Here we go. Um, I have some strong thoughts on this, and I don't think they're great. Goodbye. Um, well, here's as, as a lifelong Are Zelda you? fan, right? My half, half this room is Zelda stuff, and there's a Zelda tattoo on I my body. Yeah. More than half, but yeah. A good portion of it. But go on. What, um, did you, what are you going to gripe about in that trailer? I... This trailer made me less excited for this game than I I think any game trailer ever has before. It's the first time you've heard Ganondorf speak. Well, we can't confirm that that was, in fact, Ganondorf. I am making a very strong inference based on my observations. That's Ganondorf. I don't think it is. We've talked about this. I'm convinced it is. Tell me why you think that. Because of what he says in that trailer. Who else hates Hyrule that much? I don't think it's a matter of who else hates Hyrule that much. It's probably Link. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, save all time. No, he, it's Ganondorf. Oh go my on. god! What else? I gotta do this again. Well, yeah. Also, I've... it says my servants, and then it shows all the enemies that are like from Ganondorf. But go on. What else do you not like about this trailer? Well, hold on. I want to get into. People are closing this podcast as we speak because they're like, he doesn't yeah, like right. this trailer. Goodbye. <laughs> No, I. Okay. It might be very polarizing, honestly. Like, it might be a I loved seeing this or I hated seeing this, and like, not very many in betweens for people. Um, I, I, there were moments of it where I was like, like everything that you can clearly tell look, is a cutscene looks great, and then there were other elements where I was like, this looks, and maybe it was because it was streamed, or I, I don't know if it was the bit right of that video. There were a lot of scenes that at night looked like really murky, muddy messes, like very very low contrast there's not a lot of you know the color palette didn't like it seemed bland like probably the video i'm hoping like it seemed like it looked worse than the original breath of the wild it was also a pretty bleak trailer i mean they've all been bleak the whole series has been bleak but it was a pretty bleak trailer like story-wise so they might have just been like continuing that theme like Mm. hey this is a a, this is all of the scenes that show how gritty this game is going to end up being could be. And the aesthetics were a very small part of where I had some disdain. I think the big one that plays into the overall theme for the direct for me is um, it doesn't look like they did enough that's different. And Nintendo has a pretty good history, even though there are a lot of similarities through every Zelda game, that they're different from one another, one to the next. Right, and if you look back through their uh, history of how many of the Zelda games are legitimately direct sequels, there's a handful of examples where you have uh, the original Legend of Zelda and then Link Two, and I think it's pretty obvious through a gameplay standpoint that Link Two was drastically different. Even if the concepts were the same, go to these dungeons, kill the boss, get I some hate, weapons, save Zelda the princess. Um, but. It, I felt like it started the trend of, hey, these games are not just going to be a con- like maybe a story continuation or share some elements, but you know do different things mechanically. And then you've got Ocarina of Time, which is arguably one of the greatest Zelda games or games of all time. Games of all time. Um, and then you have Majora's Mask, which closer to Breath of the Wild and Tears of the Kingdom in that it 
shares the same engine, uses a lot of the same assets, but there was the mask mechanic. There was the branch out of the different kind of like biomes where the characters live that you got to explore and use those powers. And I, I th- and, and not to mention the, the time system, the clock system, mm-hmm. all those things made what was essentially a reskin of Ocarina of Time really different. And had a, that game has a, a very different kind of aura tone vibe to it that like even now thinking about it, it's not very welcoming. It's not like bright and sunny like Ocarina. It's no. it's dark and the music's weird and the mask transformations are just creepy. Like there's a lot to that game that you go, okay, similar enough, but really a lot of different mechanics. Mm-hmm. Tears of the Kingdom is a direct sequel to Breath of the Wild. And outside of some floating islands and some things that we've been hinted to in some of the... Um, Sheikah sleep power, and uh, it's been a while since I've completed Breath of the Wild. But um, like the magnesis, the stasis, yeah. what were those referred to as? The they're the their abilities, like the Sheikah powers. The Sheikah okay, yeah. we've seen a few in the previous trailers, like that weird Link raindrop where he kind of like just drips down. Mm-hmm. Um, this one showcased potent the potential, and it looks like you're going to be able to build vehicles, craft um, stuff. Yeah, and it was that one shot in particular. There's a shot where like Link uses his magnesis power to take a wheel and like axle out of a swamp, mm-hmm. and then it cuts to him riding this really ugly looking like yes. platform. Um, I didn't like, like driving it. Looked. No, and then it showed the one where he's flying, and it. Yeah. it so it, it, I don't know if there's some like just straight up user customization and like, hey, you can collect these parts and assemble these however you want to make something. It seems like. Or if that's a key mechanic to the game that you need to say, hey, you have to get to point B, but you can't travel over the lava, so you need to create a hovercraft and you're going to find the parts here, here, and here. I don't feel like, not only is that not different enough, it just changed the means of traversal, which has been historically rooted in, you're going to get this horse and then you're mm-hmm. going to go wherever you want. And the I think the paraglider from the first one being able to climb anything sail anywhere and then kind of make your way that way was nothing terribly new i mean the climb everything is still fantastic yeah um but i'm thinking these like as soon as i saw that vehicle i was like i I don't like this i didn't like that vehicle either but it over the last couple days i have listened to some others discuss that if it's the like you find all these parts and assemble whatever you want kind of thing that could be cool if it's, like, forced upon you, then I may be like, well, whatever. But if it's, like, optional, kind of, that could be cool. Um, I, I feel like we don't know enough about it yet to really go crazy discussing it as far as our opinions. Because I feel like once we play with it, we may all freaking like that mechanic. Maybe. But we don't, we don't know yet. No, and it could be a product of them nailing the other mechanics previously so well that it felt like, hey, here are things that you can use really however you want. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you need to find parts or put stuff together, it's a little bit more, hey, we need you to do these things so that you can complete these mini objectives. I, I don't want it to be a fetch quest to find headlights for a car that I don't want to drive. Right. You know what I mean? Um, but I, I, I don't know how integrated they are into the story because that, that flying shot made it seem like, hey, in order to get to other points, you're going to have to do something. So for me, that was a big like, okay, and I, I've seen a lot of tweets. I was watching the trailer and I've I'm very distracted. seen a lot of the, the, the tweets going out about how, oh, okay, it's Zelda uh, nuts and bolts. Yes. A, akin to Banjo Kazooie. So many more enemies now. I love it. Uh, Banjo Kazooie nuts and bolts, um, which was not very well received at all. So I don't know. And the other part, 
is that this seems all really familiar. Everything they showed in that trailer was really something similar to what I've played or seen in, in the previous Zelda. And so I, I'm curious how much of this is really legitimately fresh and new. I'm super freaking hyped for this game. Um, I need to rewatch this trailer more, but like there's things that are new and things that are not and things that are probably elaborated upon. And I'm convinced that is who we talked about, by the way. No spoilers as we watch this trailer again. But there's the part you're talking about. Like, I, I think that stuff may be optional, that customization piece. And somebody pointed out there's always green goo of some kind on those Well, vehicles. you see it kind of falling there as the title appears as yeah. well. But it was also the same color as the wheel that got pulled out of that lake. So I'm wondering if the tears from the kingdom are somehow related to those machine parts or something. Mm. I don't really know. I'm um, excited. Needless to say, it it actually made me a little bit more wary of this game. And admittedly, super wary of the first one. I do not like open world games. Like, I, I have a hard time getting into them, sticking with them, and completing them. And the one hook for me was Zelda. Was I was always into and invested in the lore and the story and the characters and even the enemies that you fight. There's just been a history of them evolving over the years or decades, and I think that's awesome. Yeah. Breath of the Wild was truthfully a struggle. Like, I, I finished it, but compared to how long it took a lot of people to play, I, I'm on the lower end of that scale. I mean, Kevin, I know you sunk a lot of time into it. Do you know off the top of your head your first playthrough, how yeah. long that took? Yeah, I do. Um, that Breath of the Wild was my first open world game ever, like on that magnitude, and it blew my mind. And I think I, I was a, a little over 300 hours on my first and only playthrough I've, i haven't had a chance to go back and play master mode and i want to but someday i will but i explored every part of that map joe how about you amazing do you remember your first playthrough how long uh the, the game's weird because you can technically go and beat it at any point true um so it's hard to say i, I know before i like took my first break from it i was over 100 hours <laughs> like I, I think it was like 120 or 130 hours in or something and, uh, but I also remember saying, uh, like I, w- I was talking to my girlfriend about the game cause she liked to watch me play it. And, uh, I said, Oh, you know, you can beat this game at any point. Like what well, I'm going to show you, you can run right to the end, but like, I'm going to die, but I can show you this is the final boss and then ended up beating it. <laughs> just complete, accidental beating. Yeah. Like just complete surprise, but I hadn't completely finished the game at that point. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I had gone back through and, uh, you know, done everything else in the the game but i i put a ton of time into it and i always knew it was missing something um you know like there is a a pretty noticeable like lack of enemies in that game like like a a variance with the enemies um there's really not a whole lot more what do you mean there's the bacoblin and a different color bacoblin and and then then a different color bacoblin and then they've rectified that it looks like from this trailer which is good so what I'm what I'm taking Tears of the Kingdom as, and, and I don't expect anybody to be able to justify it this way if, if they aren't already. I'm not changing anyone's mind. Me personally, what makes me excited for it is that I'm seeing it as what Breath of the Wild should have been and possibly wanted to be. Mm. So it's more than just a story sequel. It is like art-wise, it is a sequel. Like I did this thing and I made this game and here's like here's what i was able to do on the switch 
and then now Tears of the Kingdom comes out, and it's, I built on top of what I was able to do, and this is what I wanted it to do. Um, as, as a, uh, as someone who writes music, you write a song, and then sometimes you come back to that song, and you go, I'm going to reuse all of these parts and write something new. And this sounds way better, even though it's the same song as the one before. That's how I'm looking at Breath of the Wild, even though it's not a one-to-one analogy because Breath of the Wild still exists out there in the world and everybody still played it. But to me, Nintendo now knows what they want out of the game. They know what they can do with the Switch. Uh, they know um, what the community was looking for because it seems like they they did touch on some of those things that, that people wanted. They even, like, that we were talking about, they showed him, uh, they showed Link, like, lifting a platform and riding that platform uh, through the map, which is, like, an early... Uh, exploit that people were doing right, in the game. Right, right. I was going to bring that up. Like, I wonder, uh, somebody mentioned this online, like, with that, what looks like some kind of customizable customizable vehicle stuff in Tears of the Kingdoms, like, think of what people did with Magnesis and Minecarts. Right. Mm-hmm. They made their own, like, airships. Yeah. Essentially. So, I wonder if they saw that kind of stuff, and like, wait a second. Maybe people want this kind of stuff, and that's what led to what we perceive as going on in Tears of the Kingdom's latest trailer. It just seems like a weird mishmash of ideas. It's kind of like when they release the DLC and they're like, cool, here's a motorcycle. And you're Mm -hmm. like, this doesn't feel like it fits. You know what I mean? And I know it was one of the original, hey, like it was an early concept that they ended up scrapping and then said, well, we'll just make it a DLC component. And like, it was fun for like 12 seconds before I was like, all right, I'm either going to A, get on my horse, which Truthfully, I didn't really do ever. Uh, yeah, I either ran everywhere lot. or, admittedly, I just, I, oh, I need to go here? All right, let me warp to the nearest temple or uh, warp, what, uh, uh Shrine. The shrine, warp yeah. Points. Let, me, let yeah. me fast travel to the nearest shrine and then I'll work my way there. Yeah, That's how I, I got around that game. Like, I, don't, I didn't speed run it by any stretch of the imagination, but it took me like 90 hours to beat that game. Kevin, you were more than double that. And Joe, it sounds like you were a good handful over that. But like, I, I didn't, I didn't want to run around endlessly forever. And I don't go to Zelda games to do that. I go for a really focused story. And story arguably was one of the weaker parts of Breath of the Wild, other than the, this really is your adventure, however you want to have it. And that was enough of a hook. So I'm hoping, I'm willing to eat crow and say, no, I played Breath of the Wild or Tears of the Kingdom for like five hours and I am a thousand percent in. That's what I want to happen. I'm not, and this is not an undersell to myself so that I can trick myself into thinking that when I play it, I'm legitimately worried that this is a game that I'm going to drop off of. Um, I also have some concerns about the performance. Breath of the Wild didn't run too well at times, and I'm curious if this is like, hey, this is the bigger version of that game. Is it going to hold? Like, Breath is it going to? Breath of the Wild was a Wii U game. Don't forget. Okay, you know what? That's actually a really valid point. Uh, that started as a Wii U game. Yeah, but that that almost makes it work. Like, I know the Switch version is like technically a port, so it's not like yeah. perfectly optimized for the Switch. But you think if it's running on lower end hardware, it would run. True. And better. how many Wii U games did they port to the Switch over the Switch's life cycle that run fine without a problem? I don't, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to develop a game. I'm sure yeah, it's just not like you probably know the most out of that, the three of us, Joe. Yeah, I mean it's it, it's not it, it, Breath it's of the Wild Wii perfect. U dot zip drag to <laughs> dot no, switch. It, it's not perfect because the Wii U and the Switch use different kinds of processors, mm. so. Uh, if it's not like perfectly optimized for the Switch, like if they would have rebuilt it from the ground up mm. and made it as a Switch game, then it probably would have run better than it That's did. That's why I feel like Tears of the Kingdom will run better because this was built 
from the ground up, I think. It Yes or and no. Switch. I mean, the Switch is still overall pretty weak. And oh, yeah. the Nintendo might be willing to say, oh, okay, we can get this extra performance out of it by building it specifically for the Switch. But we also know that people were willing to deal with a, like, 35% frame drop in the forest and they still played the hell out of this game. So let us just do the same thing again. Uh, and also they have like slightly faster versions of the switch now. So they might be like with the, the OLED version is like slightly faster. Right? I don't think it is. I think most people said it's not. The battery is bigger. It's better. I thought, it was, I thought the, the anyway, either way, I, I think they'll be willing to like make that trade off knowing that people are going to play the game anyway. Uh, so I don't know if it'll run better, but you might get, more out of it if that makes sense like you might get if you were getting you know 15 frames per second in the forest you might get 17 give me 30 you might still get that 15 frames but it'll be a bigger looking forest oh i see what you're saying yeah so i i will you better get 30 it's gonna be it should be locked at 30 i I don't think you're getting 60 if I, i will say this though uh the when Arceus came out, I still haven't played that, but when Arceus Oof. came out, but well, before Arceus came out, when they Pokemon, did the Pokemon Legends. Yes. When, when I think they, it's Arceus. Arceus? Arceus? I, I thought it was Arceus. Potato, potato. Um, so when they, they announced that and they showed the trailers, the performance was awful. Yeah. Like, and then you bought the game and the performance was slightly above awful. Yes, but that's still an improvement. <laughs> no, it, it, a lot of people had said that by the time the game came out, like it looked... Like you were saying, it looked super bland when it came out. Like there was, it just, I saw a lot of muddy it, textures. There was like yeah. that scene, like in the cave, right? Because that person looked like they were mining something, and I was like, "This just looks blech." And RC um, just looked empty. Yeah, I watched that. I've seen that a couple of times over the last two days, and it looks better. Okay, so I don't know if it was like the feed or what, but could have been. I don't know. Maybe your internet connection sucks. Yeah, it doesn't. Your, I learned the hard you're way. Watching it on a small screen. I'm paying. No, I was watching it on my. Big sixty-inch television uh, that maybe I'm gonna, that's why I'm going to play play Tears of the Kingdom on. Like, so yeah, that's a video, and then you, when you have the actual game, it's gonna look better. Kevin, I just know I feel everybody. Like I know Tom is so, the pessimist of the group. I am the optimist. Tom and I don't know what Joe fun. is. Tom hates fun. He said this Tom in the beginning fun. of the podcast. No, I it's don't true. hate fun. So I have Zelda empty. concerns. Arceus <laughs> looked very empty and bland, but also like it performed very poorly. By the time it came out a lot of that had changed and like you can go online and look at the reviews and, and people saying that like this looks way better than the trailers even if it's not perfect no. or even if it's not great it's still better than the trailers so if the game's not out yet that's part of the reason for it they will be looking to work on those things i'm sure and like i said i don't know game development i don't know what happens from hey we're three months from launch and you have to figure i don't know a month of that is manufacturing Right. So like, you know, it's usually a couple, three, four weeks out. Game goes gold. Cool. Put the file on a cartridge, manufacture the materials, get it on a plane, ship it to stores, hold till release date. So really, they might have two more months. I, I don't know what that last leg of, of we also, video game development looks like. We live in the world of day one patches mm. as oh, well. Oh, yeah. So I'm sure that like the game might be like code complete now and just about ready to go gold. Uh, and there's definitely a team working on a day one patch so that they can say, hey, there's a performance issue. We know you're going to hit it. Just update your game the second you put it into, into your Switch, and you won't have a problem. Kevin, give me, your, give me a very quick synopsis of your story theories. For Zelda? Yeah. 
Short and sweet. What are we looking at here? Short and sweet. Ganon wants to destroy everything. Or I should say Ganondorf. Um, Link is going to struggle with it. Hylia is going to be in the picture somewhere. Whether or not Zelda lives, dies, gets reincarnated, I don't know yet. I'm very confused on that. Uh, it's going to be nuts. But Ganon's on a rampage. And that is him speaking in the trailer. Joe, are you convinced that's Ganon in the trailer? If it is, I think it's a really weird casting choice. But I'm, I'm not convinced, but that that's why. The, the voice just doesn't seem to line up. So here's my theory on this. This is what I shared with Kevin yesterday. Voice not line up. We've never heard him speak. Egg. Nah, we've heard him I laugh like. maniacally to himself. Yeah, in the 90s. <laughs> For yeah. decades. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then he got stabbed in the head. All right. So I think it was Wind Waker where he finally like. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> so metal. I love that. <laughs> that was great, right? Yeah. So here's my theory on it. Um, I don't think it's Ganon or Ganondorf. This is my out there on a limb theory in the story. Um, I think it's it's a new villain. as Ganon Ouija. Stop. <laughs> No, Wild Lou Ganon. Um, as Zelda is not afraid to kind of put Ganon on the back burner and say, no, we're going to have a new villain for this one, like in Twilight Princess uh, or uh, Minish Cap uh, or, I mean, Link's Awakening is an outlier because it's really kind of an isolated story. Right, but um, they, they've not been afraid to do that in the past. And I wouldn't be surprised if the weird dried up pruny looking corpse that we're seeing is in fact the corpse of ganon but i don't think he's the primary villain throughout the entire story so my first thought was we're going to have a tertiary uh villain as a stand-in who is trying to resurrect that ganon that is dried up and shriveled i have lots of counterpoints coming Keep i going. have a lot of counterpoints to my own to my own story and so i think link is trying to go up against that person with the help of zelda I think the quote from her where it says, lend him your power might be some sort of, hear me out now, weird Link Ganon team up where this third villain, this other villain, yeah, no, Joe's looking at me like I'm nuts. Yeah, he's nuts. Um, I'm like waiting. I just wouldn't be surprised if this was another, a setup to like a full on trilogy of games where now. Maybe this person does get foiled by Link, but manages to succeed in resurrecting Ganon yet again. However, the game will end at that point, and we will have a third version of this style of game. That they'll use to sell the next console. Yep, that's it, right? Because I think, I mean, it's, they develop these games on, for hardware systems and then they, that are more powerful, and then they kind of make it fit, right? So I would not be surprised if there were a third Breath of the Wild-style game in the future for whatever the next version of the Switch would be. Now... Are you saying we're going to get Linkendorf? Yes. Like Bowsette. The hot, sexy oh version gosh. of Ganondorf. Please cut that. Yeah. No. Uh, I'm gonna... Did you make your points? Because I'm, like, ready to go. Go for it. Okay. <laughs> so the reason like Tom is wrong, it is Ganon, because, Tom, if you recall correctly from Breath of the Wild... nothing. What was the reddish-black substance that was all over the place that when you walked in, you started to take damage... Was it a penguin rolling down the stairs? No. It was uh, called Malice. It was soy sauce and It was and called sriracha. Malice, and it was all from Ganondorf. Like, that was his thing. And in this trailer, there was Malice all over the damn I think place. The Malice is coming from you right now. It is. Yeah, there's it so is. Malice it's in like this room right now. out of my eyes like Ganondorf in a trailer. <laughs> so, Tom, very passionate about this topic. Um, That's why you're this here. is part of why I'm convinced it's Ganondorf, because there's Malice all over the place, his minions are all over the place. 
He wants to rip the kingdom to shreds because he has, he's the reincarnation of Demise. Now, could Demise somehow be brought back into this? I wouldn't be surprised. Maybe. But then that would fall more in line with what I was saying. No, it wouldn't. Why wouldn't it? Because he's not a sub-villain. He's like the villain kind of story-wise. Ganondorf's just a reincarnation of him. Right. But so you're saying... He wouldn't be... Demise wouldn't be like side minion that's like, whatever, see you later. Why not? Because... Did you play Skyward Sword? Of course I played Skyward Sword. Okay, you need to ponder this later. We'll talk more about this later. No, I won't ponder later. I'm, I'm <laughs> sticking with my thoughts You're sitting now. where you're going to be later. Yes. No, no, you're wrong. Just like how you were wrong about the direct this week. You're like, there's not going to be a direct. I was like, yes, there is. Damn. I never believe. He doesn't. He never does. This is the problem. Can, can, I, can I pull the conversation somewhere else? Yes. Sure. Okay, I feel like this is... Joe uh, wants to talk about Kirby again. <laughs> no, no, I mean, yes, but that's not where I'm bringing it. Uh, can we... Talk about how the game is going to be $70. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about that. I'm fine with that. It. You're fine with that because you know you're going to buy it. It doesn't matter. Exactly. Okay. And it's only $10 up. And how many games do you two buy that are $70 on the system you have? None. I think the question is how many games do I buy, That period. we never play. That, yeah. <laughs> because we just <laughs> that's, want that's to. That's the real question. <laughs> I've spent more money on games that I haven't even opened, let alone Same. played. So, i.e. this collector's edition of Bayonetta that is beautiful, but have not played so yet. So Nintendo has somewhere commented this week, because I've seen it come up a bunch of times, that that is not a standard moving forward. It's a game-by-game basis. That doesn't really make it new. Which bad. I think is interesting. Well, I but think... right now, prices are a game-by-game basis. Um, I think you're finding a lot of games that were either in the, hey, this is going to come out on PS4 and PS5. Uh, typically, third party will kind of say, hey, no, it's fifty nine ninety nine because we developed this for PS4, but we want to put it on both platforms. And then you've got your Sony first party stuff that you're like, PS5, it's going to cost you 10 bucks more, and it's kind of the same, or it's, you know, it's marginally better. And to a degree, that's fine because some games are, are warranted of that. Sure, I can't argue that. This feels like... And I can't fault them for doing this, but it just seems like they're doing it because they can. And I can't complain because I'm going to buy it. I'm buying it. And I'm going to try and track down the collector's edition, which is twice as much. Yeah, I wish I didn't see that. But by the same <laughs> token, I tell me why. Can you can you can you tell me Nintendo why you're going to charge more money? I'll tell you why because they're a business. No, no, I, I'm not saying they're not within the rights to do you so. Know that inflation. <laughs> Well, I development. Yeah, if costs. you say development costs, okay, but like, isn't the point of development costs to like get your ROI to make up for those development costs and then? Oh, some? they're getting their ROI on this game, I, and I'm sure they will. So I just think it was an interesting decision yeah. to make it more expensive, and I regret not locking in my pre-order when it was lower. I'm mad about it. You can buy. You can buy the game. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm. I'm gonna, but. <sighs> Doesn't mean I'm not mad about it. I don't know. Like, this is going to go into a much further argument about the economy, which is not what we're here for. But my my point in the end is like, there's been a level thirty set. financial reports. <laughs> yeah, I'm the last person to take a, a financial That's true. advice from. Um, no, actually, I'm the second to last. You're the last. Why am I the last? Look around this room topic, and tell me why. Topic. <laughs> topic. I'd be the last, actually. Yeah. So, I'm worse than him. All right, so we're the three last people mm-hmm. to take financial advice from. That's true. Why don't you ask Kevin, who pre-ordered the same Amiibo seven times? Shut up. Okay. Seven dollars. <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't hesitate to say that at least part of the reason that they're raising the price is because the prices of other games have gone up, and Nintendo doesn't want to 
look cheaper. Mm, I didn't think of that point. It's no? like, all right. There, there are times, like, think about it. Like, there's, you know, for example, they call it the Apple tax. Apple yeah. computers are more expensive just because they are Apple. And it's because if you charge more, you look like you're worth that price. Yeah. So, perceived value. Yep, that perceived value. Yeah. Yeah. So, if every game is selling for 70 bucks and then Nintendo games are for 60, people are going to look at it and go, well, Nintendo's a little bit cheaper, which is nice, but like, uh, you're losing $10 worth of value out of it. If they charge $70 for the Nintendo version and then it's $70 for the PlayStation version and the PC version and the Xbox version, it looks like it's just as good of a version. All right. That's a valid point. And I wonder if the average consumer thinks about that, but th- that's a whole nother. I think they realize, I, I don't think they, uh, consciously think of it. I think they realize that, um, they see those things, but they're not noticing Actively. that like, that's why Nintendo's yeah. doing it. Probably not. They're just like, oi vey, this game is more expensive now. Yeah. Aw, shucks. But if you think back to the cartridge days, most games were. Yeah, I mean, I remember, like, mom, could we buy Pilot Wing 64? And it was $69.99. Or. I remember Turok the Dinosaur Hunter. That game was, I think, $75 or $80 when I bought it. Mortal Kombat 3 for the Super Nintendo. Seventy four ninety nine. I remember yeah. seeing the ads for it going like, oh, man, what the? I just want <laughs> blood and guts on my TV, is it? And look how far we haven't come with all the maturity of the uh, video gaming industry. Hey, I'm mature. I can tell you that Mortal Kombat 3 sucks. No, I'm, I mean, the industry's been around long enough that it has matured. We've had time to iron this kind of problem out. And well, instead, it's I wouldn't say it's bad. a problem. The, our, yeah. Prices are, if they're the same, I can buy a Switch game for the same price as a Super Nintendo game. It's all relative, right? Yeah. Everything's relative. What's our next topic? It's all Tom? relative. Well, so we're a little pressed for time, yeah. pseudo pressed for time. So let me run through a few of the other highlights from the show. We hit Zelda. We hit Metroid. Uh, we hit Kirby for far too long. Um, Whoa. I, Whoa. Okay. But we did. Um, I will start the level Disagree. Kirby pop. Yeah. I'll be level, with you, Joe. Level, oh, damn it. Could I come? No. Oh. No. But I like fun, you, <laughs> you guys. change the subject. Yeah, I will change the subject every chance I get. Uh <laughs> All right, so uh, a few other big ones that we're not going to delve too much into, but I want to mention because it's going to pull into my next overall question for everybody. A um, couple of remasters on the list here. Baton Kados, which was a GameCube game and a GameCube sequel, which was a story prequel, is getting a remake, which is uh, really interesting because that game was kind of unique in that it was turn-based, card-oriented RPG that had one of the worst English dubs I think I've ever heard in a video game. Um but it's coming out in the summer. I feel like that's like a really good time to like just kind of dip into that and maybe see. I had both of them and I regret selling them because I think they're worth like a butt ton of money now. Mm-hmm. Um, we did mention briefly the Nintendo Switch Online is getting the update with Game Boy and Game Boy Advance games. This was actually probably one of the bigger surprises in show that made me finally say, hey, you know what? Maybe I should get the premium or, you know, the next tier up yeah, for Nintendo Switch pass. Online. Between these two systems and the N64 and the Genesis, maybe I feel like it warrants that price tag a little bit more. So that was kind of cool. Um, Game Boy games are coming to everyone that has Nintendo Switch Online, and then the Advance games are coming to those that have the expansion the pass. Expansion pass. Yeah. Um, Kevin, I'm really sorry if you want to just do a quick, quickly, quick rant yes. on just, uh, Splatoon 3. Splatoon 3 DLC, I'm super hyped. I've played Splatoon since day one of the original one, and I'm very curious where that story mode's going, and it looks like we're getting four waves of DLC from people analyzing stuff in that trailer, but I'm super hyped, and I can't wait for it. I already bought it. 
Speaking of DLC, we're also going to get some it. Xenoblade DLC. Uh, it looks like we're getting third wave out now. Fourth wave is going to be the big story-oriented one, and that included the reveal of Shulk as part of that story. So there's going to be some sort of tie with all those games. Xenoblade 3 was probably my favorite game of last year. I didn't do an end-of-the-year list, but I think if I did, uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 would have been at the top or very close second. That game rules. Like, it's just it's really good. The story's fantastic. Uh, it's gorgeous. The music is great. It's fun to play. I strongly recommend it. Um, that's getting some DLC down the line as well. Uh, we mentioned Professor Layton. Uh, a sequel to the game Fantasy Life called Fantasy Life I, The Girl Who Steals Time, is coming to the Switch. We got Mario Kart 8. Wave 4 updates. who are releasing a new character, which is kind of cool. Birdo's coming to the party, which mm, is awesome. Yeah, so so cool. The Yoshi I, Island stage looks cool, too. It does look cool. And yeah. I'm wondering if Birdo is just going to open the door to say, you know what, fuck, <laughs> we're just putting every Nintendo... Like, we're just, characters are coming. New, like, I, I think this is a perfect example of a game that could just live on as a game as service and just perpetually yeah. update I was just going to say Mario Kart as a service. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if... Not, they say 9 is technically being worked on, but, like... I don't know how you yeah. compete with what they're doing to eight now. They low key said more characters are coming too. Okay, then that's awesome. Somewhere, so somebody give me dry it. bones, baby. Let's do it. Um, we got a Disney game, Mickey Mouse Disney Illusion Island. Uh, there's some dead uh, dead cells DLC crossing over with Castlevania, which cool. looks kind of cool. Um, I mentioned Deca Police. There's another one by Level Five that I don't remember what it's called. So here's the thing: if uh, if you had to assess, as many any outlets have, right? What's if you're giving it a grade? What's the grade? We've got to grade the direct. Where are you putting this, Mama Jama? Like, where where would you say this grade level falls? Give me a little reason why. I'm gonna go with somewhere between a B plus and an A minus. I I'm I'm not great at deciding anything. I think it was a good <laughs> one. Uh, a lot of times, like I was saying before, a lot of times I will watch directs and be like, oh, there's a lot of throwaway stuff, and I think I started to realize that some of the throwaway stuff might not be throwaways. It's just not for me. Mm. Like, it seemed like there were a lot of, uh, like, JRPGs announced. Stay tuned for Joe's review of style-savvy fashion game. No. Okay. Mm. I didn't love everything, but a lot of stuff might be quality games. It's just not for me. I thought there was a lot of good stuff announced on this one. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was a, a good direct. Maybe a little long in the tooth, but I enjoyed it. I, I'm looking forward to a pretty decent amount of stuff that they announced. Kevin, my grade is an A because now is that is that A top or like is this in between an A minus and an A plus? No, A top. I just I'm just doing one letter. Okay, that's a, fine. A B C D. Um, so A because there's a lot of stuff personally for me, and there's a lot of stuff I personally was not interested in, but I, a lot of times I'm like, oh cool for like people that I know like those kinds of games or it just looked neat, but I just know I'm not going to get it. And there was a lot of stuff in the direct. They said Splatoon and Zelda, and that's good enough for him. And, and Metroid. Metroid. Hello. And Metroid. Yeah, I'm sorry. Mean, and Kirby. Sorry. I'm excited for that Kirby. That's fair. The Professor Layton thing, though, too. I was like, oh, cool. And I never played those games. So I know those are like. Huge. I have them all for the, the DS. They're really good. Also, the Mario good. Kart stuff. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff. So here's the thing. And Kevin, I think you know this more than that. You know that I am overwhelmingly positive when it comes to this stuff. Even if it's there's a whole direct and not a single game for me, I just tend to go, oh, cool. There's some unique and interesting things yeah. here. I was actually a little disappointed by this. I, I'm going to give it a B plus because I do think that Tom hates fun. Hates fun. See? No. See how many times he's doing it tonight. <laughs> That's going to be the title of the episode. Tom hates fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there were some legit. Like I think we, I think we knew Zelda was going to make an appearance in some capacity. Yeah. I don't think we expected Metroid at all. 
but it's been on the wish list so long that my jaw dropped just when it actually showed itself as a real thing. Mm-hmm. And then I was, and then immediately went to, oh, okay, cool, we have it now. And it was one less thing, and I never really was, but one less thing for people to get disappointed with once it was over, and there was no mention of Metroid. Um, I already spoke about how I have some, a lot of cautious feelings about Tears of the Kingdom. So while folks are loving that trailer, I didn't find it for me to be anything that got me really amped for that game. It actually gave me pause for concern. My general feeling about a lot of the games that they showed, right? There was a lot of DLC, Splatoon, Mm -hmm. uh, Mario Kart, Dead Cells, Fire Emblem, Xenoblade. Um, There were a lot of games that, in my eyes, looked like they got ported from a mobile game or like a, they looked like a DS game or 3DS game that they're like upresing and kind of continuing like fantasy life. I, I had the first one on 3DS and it was cool. Never finished it. Never got too far into it. But this kind of looks like, Hey, it, this looks like a game that would fit right at home at a dedicated lower tier handheld. Um, there were a lot of ports. So we have Metroid, we have Etrian Odyssey, the collection. Um, we had the, Kirby game. We had the Game Boy and Game Boy Advance addition to the Nintendo Switch Online. Um, there was a general sense of of I feel like Nintendo hitting a wall with like bigger and newer things for the platform. A lot of this tended to, for me. It looked like they had their eyes on the past and were kind of bringing things to the present, but it wasn't looking forward to hey, this is what's like on the horizon. And I don't know if that is a kind of a pseudo way of saying, all right, the Switch is running out of steam or the capabilities of the Switch are just a little bit under where we need to be to make bigger and better things for the platform. So I saw stuff I liked, but overall I kind of walked out of there going like, okay, but like none of these games really shook my core in a way that I think gives me hope for the Switch's future. So I'm wondering after Zelda, what the hell else is coming to this platform that's going to be as big in scale and scope that we can get excited about? If they threw like a new Mario, like Star Fox, I don't know if that would move the I'm needle. Waiting. No, I, right. Well, if they said, Hey, Mario galaxy three is coming to the switch. I'd be like, Holy shit balls. Awesome. I'd get amped up for that. Even though it would be probably similar looking to the Wii games. I, I just don't know what, what this platform can do that hasn't been done. So I don't know. I, I, I'm kind of like I'm excited, but I'm not at the same time. So maybe it's time that they start working on that next Switch model. It can leave us a bunch of cliffhangers so they can use the next games to sell the next console. Yeah. There's a big conversation about if uh, another Four? console is coming and they're starting to hold things for that or well, like pretty development sure doug, is for that doug or, bowser said like hey we're still going strong into year seven so they're gonna say that until they announce next you know how this works yeah they're not uh, yeah i know they're notorious no there's not a new ds coming two days later ds light trailer boom done right I but this is that. also the same company that will say um yeah like uh no there's no new no new console or platform here's a new color variant of the mm-hmm. handheld Oh, and then like two days later, by the way, here's the next. For, right. You they're know, not like, going to tell you until they're ready to tell us like what they're not going to lose money by telling anything early. No, that's true. That's Thanks, true. investors. So, right. All right. So generally overwhelmingly positive. I have a lot more reservations than you two do because apparently yeah. I don't like fun. Yes. So don't say apparently like it might. Not oh, be it's true. kind of been like very on display here today. They don't like fun, especially when you say you don't like Kirby games. 
I. All right. Well, you know what? Everyone that's listening, please make sure you check out the Level Kirby Games podcast. And buy a Metroid Prime Remastered. And why? Why do you care if they buy it? Because it's awesome, and everybody, half the people that. Okay. Well, you can podcast, say, "Hey, go play this game because it's really go good." Play it. Don't don't open their wallet for go them. Go play it, or borrow it from somebody, Thanks, or watch fans. somebody. We be love with, you guys. We do. We're here for you. We do. <laughs> I'm just very excited about Metroid Prime being remastered. What? Why don't you download it right now? Do it. I might. I told you I might. Do it now, live, on the podcast. I don't have my Switch with me. Oh. And I don't do the downloads to the app. Okay, fair enough. Joe's going to do Joe's it right gonna now it. He may, he may, no. He may take it right out of his bag. No, I was getting ready to leave because, Tom, you have to go. Yeah, you have to go. <laughs> I do have to go. And that's going to be our show, everyone. Thank you for checking us out. We're a little rusty, but we'll get better as we go on. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you enjoy, check out the other stuff on our YouTube channel. I have a new video up there, new series. We're trying some stuff out. Video stuff will trickle in as, we, uh, as I move forward through the year and feel like doing stuff or don't feel like doing stuff so taking a lot of the expectations and pressure off my plate i enjoy doing it but i can't keep up the same pace we did before so thank you for listening to this we're getting old we are (laughs) big time um talk to you again in a couple weeks see everyone Bye. Bye. bye